Hello and welcome to Real Bible Stories. Join us as we deep dive into the historic, religious, cultural, political, and emotional context surrounding the real lives of real people in the Bible and the stories we've all grown to love. Welcome back to Real Bible Stories. I'm your host, Imran Ward. I'm joined by my wife, Selena. Hello. And our teacher, Pastor David Squires. Hello. This is our fourth one, so I'm not going to introduce him again. If you don't know who Pastor David Squires is, go listen to the other three I episodes. was really starting to like those introductions. I just like hype you up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was going good. Here's some pop and circumstance. Man, Make I sure came in all in. excited, ready, and now nothing. Nothing. You know him. He's I'm got so four kids. Down. He's a leader of Palm Baptist Church. He's been doing it for 22 years. If you're in 29 Palms, come find him. have had an awesome preacher and he loves been, the church. Yeah, and, just, yeah. He hikes every we'll three, four times a week. He's going up a hill and praying at the cross. If, <laughs> and if you're at Palms Baptist Church and you have not walked up to the cross with Pastor David, do it. This it's is uh, <laughs> my direction to you, especially if you're a new member. That's something Selena and I did right when we we, we got to uh, yeah, Palms Church. Yeah, we did, church. didn't we? It was like one of the very first things. Yeah, and it's such an amazing, it's not a long walk. It's not a high hill. No. Um, I've seen the old and the young and do it with varying levels of issue, but everyone made it. It's so funny. <laughs> I'll say to Marines, I'll take you to the hill and we'll climb the hill. My only rule is you can't laugh when you get there. Don't mock my hill. <laughs> so just confirm it is a real hill. It is a hill. Yeah. There is some elevation, but yeah, it's not a Marine Corps no, hill. No. It's not a, what do they, um, what do they call them? If you're in station at Camp Pendleton, the tank trails, mm-hmm. you'll know those who have been there know what I'm talking about. And Hiking on the that. tank trails where it's like soft sand and you're going up straight uphill. It's not like that. I uh, what do you guys have? A, uh, what's that one out here you have? Um, uh, I mean, we've got cookie. cardiac. Yeah. Car- we've, I, we've got okay. I want you to know I did cardiac. Sugar cookie. You did cardiac up I, to that cross? Okay. I did sugar cookie and that was pretty easy because, because I built up first to going up cardiac. And cardiac, <laughs> it took me like two attempts because the first day you're already all beat by the time you get to the hill. Yes. And then you it's have not to climb close. It. It's and soft sand to the hill. Yeah. And, and then the hill is soft out, sand. And then you've got to start climbing and something happens on the way up that that's, we're about to talk about the demonic. That hill might have a couple bad stuff on it or something. Oh yeah. But by the time <laughs> I had done that, then when we did sugar cookie, I was, you know, um, that was way better than cardiac. Mm. I, I want you to know, I was able to do sugar cookie. That's awesome. I'm, Mike, Mike I didn't Wilson, know you'd hike those and that just like, <laughs> boom, that's awesome. Mike Wilson was with me though. After I get to the top of sugar cookie and I'm breathing all hard and all that, and I'm proud of myself. He goes, yeah, we race Marines up here, um, up and down yeah, in and full laps. gear. And the guy that's, um, he said, if you beat, if you're the first one up here, you don't have to run it again. But if you're not the first one up here, we will make you run this thing over and yeah. over and over. They'll run it with weapons. Yeah. I've seen Mortarman run out there full kit with their, uh, with their tubes. It's like, well, oh you all Lord. may, you carry all your pack up there and stuff. I'm just proud that I got me. There's a lot of me. Most people I got me are up proud there. they just got up there. The, especially if it's your first time. Yeah. That is a, that is a gut wrencher. Um, if you've never like ran on soft sand, it's like, oh, it's not that big. And then you're oh, sliding down goodness, every right? step because it's all soft. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's something you'll never understand until you uh, come to Twin Eye Palms or maybe run in snow. I don't know. Is running in snow the same way? I think I running know. on the right beach sand would be mm-hmm. almost Pretty similar, close. but it's not similar, as deep. But there's it no elevation. Deep. It's yeah, the elevation because right. that's up. what buries your foot. Yeah. It's the elevation. You stick your foot in and you think and you that just, it, goes it down. just goes down into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're like, oh man, I have so much sand in my, there's more sand in my shoe that I thought 
than I thought could ever be in my shoe. All that to say, you should go up the hill with me because it's not nearly as bad as cardiac or sugar cookie. Whatever you're doing for PT is not as bad as going up the hill and having a wonderful, wonderful talk with your pastor and and getting some prayer and just some one-on-one time. That was very good. That was a good introduction. Yeah. It's all right. (laughs) Next time you ain't getting nothing. Yeah, right. (laughs) Bring Ryan back. Going right into it. All right. So before we get into it and we continue down... um, uh, in this series, I just want to remind you all that we do have uh, the Real Bible Stories Facebook page. So um, please look us up on Facebook, uh, like the page, comment on on the post there. If you got any questions or comments, we'd love to hear them. We'd love to engage with you. Um, we've definitely gotten some messages and some and some shout outs, and I truly appreciate those churches and those pastors that have reached out. Mm. And I think that this, what really t- made me believe that we were doing something right on this podcast is when... Ryan started sharing with me that other pastors listened to the podcast wow. and were giving him feedback on the podcast. And now we've had pastors reach out on Facebook and say that they listen to the podcast and that they use it, um, um, that they that they study with it as well. And I was like, you know, this podcast is good when other pastors are also listening to it. And I'm like, thank, like that just, oh, okay, we're doing something right here. And the real work of this podcast is we're just looking to disciple people. It's the product yeah. of a discipleship ministry. So in a church, we're doing discipleship. You were sitting in Bible study and said, hey, this needs to get out to a wider context than just inside the walls of my church. I want I want discipleship to reach out to the world. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Of course. And so what a great ministry for a church to have um, men really just talking Bible and women talking about the word of God, I think is very powerful. So with that, we'll bring it back and uh, we're going to be continuing down our discussion into angels and demons and our relationship with the demonic or our relationship with the spiritual, uh, spiritual beings. And um, as always, I want to give the, um, the kind of catch all uh, disclaimer, I guess Um, we're, we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about some of the finer points of the faith that um, there's a lot of debate about, honestly, and um, Pastor David has his perspective based off of his um, his decades of research because um, you've been twenty nine palms just for twenty two years, and you were preaching yeah. how many years before that? Uh, I was preaching about five years before. Five that. years before so that, that's so twenty seven years. years. Yeah. I'm twenty eight years old, so this man has that been just broke me. I'm sorry, I love me. you, that Pastor, hurt. but that wounded me. But <laughs> 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 well, what we're saying is these are not these are these are non essentials that we're talking Absolutely. about. The big essential is, look, there is an enemy that's real. Satan's real. Absolutely. Uh, but the that's details what we're going to get into, uh, especially when we were back there, up as, you know, our, our first time talking about Satan's fall and when exactly he fell. And some of those finer doctrinal points are things that are discussed a lot um, in, other, in other circles, but they're I'll not throw out there that it's discussed a lot in secular media. Yeah. The secular world is very, very interested in... Um, who Satan is, mm-hmm. who the angels are. There isn't, I, I, Hey, for y'all that don't know, I uh, partake in the Japanese animation uh, anime and um, they have a lot of shows that are centered around um, demonic and ange- angelic forces, mm-hmm. um, God versus demons. Um, it, it's extremely prevalent. There's a huge Netflix show that's just about Satan. I don't remember what the exact name of it is. Um, you remember it's like a crime drama, but Satan is the, is, is the, is the protagonist. He's actually helping solve crimes. It's oh so weird. Goodness. Yeah. And it has like several seasons. It's like three or four seasons of this show. Help solve on Netflix. the crimes. Isn't he usually the one trying to stir the crimes? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But it's like over the course of the show, he like is becoming more mature and like sees the error of his ways. It's so weird. It's so strange. 
but it's, okay, it sounds terrible, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I've just awful. seen reviews of it and um and seen some clips from it, but it's just one of those. But all that to say, the secular world is I would actually say Netflix will buy anything. Okay, go on. They'll do anything once. <laughs> right. They'll do anything once. Um, but the secular world is very, very interested in this subject. Yeah. I actually think it'd be interesting to look at the stats, but more people may be interested in this type of, um, this, this like this series, because yeah. we know Jesus. Um, a lot of people know of Jesus's, uh, um, accomplishments and what he did and what, um, what he, he represents. And they have that understanding of the faith. And we've done some deeper discussions into who Jesus is and, and, and the gospel. But my entire life, this, that going through the series was the first time that I really had a meaningful discussion about well, who's Satan what did God save me from? Um, and what, what kind of influence does he have on my life? Well, that's and so his... well said. What did God save me from? So, yeah. so Christ invaded the forces of darkness. And, you know, Christmas is like D-Day. Jesus entered our world to declare war on the enemy and to rescue us from a kingdom of darkness. Absolutely. And I just want to reiterate this before we get back into some finer details, that God and Satan are not equal forces. Um, God is greater than Satan. Satan, um, Satan's on a leash, but these are not two forces that are fighting out where we have an unknown outcome. Mm -hmm. We know how this is going to end. The question is, where do you stand? And so look, the, the Lord is going to conquer Satan. Uh, the book of Romans says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. And so it's almost hard for me not to sing that because that's that's a song. But the God of the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Um, God's going to crush Satan and crushed him one at the cross already, and then we'll we'll finalize that at the coming. Throw him into the fire will be ultimately destroyed, right? Yeah. Um, forever and ever. Absolutely. Yeah. But the the question for us is where do we stand? The Bible says when it describes the armor of God, it says so that you put on all this armor, not just for comfort, so that you can take your stand against the enemy. And uh -huh. that's our job is to stand up against Satan. So Yeah, because we talked look, last week about you you can. Yeah. All right. You can't yeah. just say, Oh, the devil made me do it. Like God didn't even allow Cain to say that. I can tell you, God is going to win. These are not equal forces, but you still have to take your personal stand. And that's the reason to take a study of the demonic is you want to know what the, you know, you as a Marine, Imran, you study what are the enemy ta enemies tactics. Oh, there's a whole thing called battle space analysis. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we're going to do. there you have the enemy situation and you really dive into what they're capable of. This is battle space analysis. Nice. Is what we're doing is what is our enemy up to? What, mm. what are like the bad guys episode doing? title. Boom. <laughs> battle, <laughs> battle space analysis. We found it. Yep. Not Battlestar Galactica. Totally no. different thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's our first point for this week? We just want to look at some examples of satanic activity. Some people just see Satan everywhere, you know? Um, and I don't know. I had a, a friend named Tony who was a pastor who um, somebody in the church had a migraine and she began to rebuke the demon of migraines. What? And he said, well, wait, wait, what? And she said, well, yeah, I think there's a demon that causes migraines. And he said, all, all migraines? And that was kind of what she believed was every sickness, every illness, everything, you know, uh, apparently there would be a chicken pox demon and uh, like every sickness and every disease has a demon. The truth is this, um, all of that is just part of the fallen condition. It's part of living. You get migraines because you live in a fallen body and we live in a dying world because we live under the curse. 
Yeah. One day you won't get migraines because the curse will be removed and we'll have new bodies. But that does not require a demon of migraines or a demon. Um, so some people see demons everywhere. But just wanted to give some some examples of some places in the Bible that we know demons have shown activity. It doesn't I, mean... I think that that's a huge point. Um, because people fail to really think that the world is in a fallen state. Yeah. And they forget that. It's like life sucks because of the state that the world is in. It was not designed to suck, but right. there are like life is painful. It's hard. There's growth that has to take place within it um, because of the state that the world is in. What is absolutely phenomenal is you've never really seen the world the way God meant for it to be. Only, only in heaven will you really see. Yeah. Uh, you see a fallen world. Uh, one day God will make all of this new. And so you've never really seen a flower. You've only seen a flower under the curse. You've you've never really seen uh, the sky. You've only seen the sky under a curse. With my daughter, and we were looking out at some water. We were out at the river, mm-hmm. and we're looking at water. And I just talked about that. I said, isn't that water absolutely beautiful? And in just her way, she went, meh. It's just <laughs> it's just water under a curse. But yeah, <laughs> but it was this, it, it stirred this feeling to me. If this is how beautiful water is and it stands under the curse, how incredible will it be when we stand with God on a new earth and there is no curse? Yeah, that's how, I love that. That's actually incredible. You, you've never really experienced uh, your own body. You only know your body under a curse. Yeah. We talk about how faith is the, the hope of what's to come. That's or, right. Yeah, but part of, part of faith is the hope of what's to come. Um, and it's like you can you can rest in that, that we know um, that that this is what's coming, the death of the state, mm-hmm. that there is a new world um, that is promised and that and it will be without the curse. It would be phenomenal. Yeah. Well, some specific areas of satanic attack, just to kind of list these out, sometimes Satan can attack physically uh, with physical affliction. That doesn't mean that every sickness is from Satan. But there are times that he can specifically target somebody physically. Job was attacked physically. Mm-hmm. And so some attacks can be satanic. Uh, some are just a result of being under a curse. One time Jesus was in the synagogue. This is in Luke chapter um, 12. Jesus entered a, a synagogue and there's a woman there who's bent over. She couldn't stand all the way up. And Jesus calls her forward and just sets her free. And people are upset with him that he healed on the Sabbath. And I just want for you to hear <laughs> what, how awful that you healed this. That happens several times right? in the Bible where Jesus heals uh, heals on the Sabbath on the Sabbath. And they're so mad that he did yeah. work. Yeah. And it's like they just missed the miracle. Notice that Jesus identifies her sickness in particular with the work of the devil. Um, Luke chapter 12, verses 15 and 16. It says, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? So we would say today, we go, look, didn't you at least just drive yourself to church before you start saying, how could you work on Sabbath? Well, you take care of a car on Sunday, right? Yeah, people do all types of stuff on a Sunday. Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Jesus identifies this woman's sickness. He says, the reason I set her free was this wasn't just normal sickness. She was she was being attacked by Satan and I came to undo the works of Satan. So Jesus identified sometimes mm. Satan can attack somebody physically. It doesn't mean every sickness mm-hmm. you have is from yeah. Satan, that every cough is the devil. But one of the ways Satan can attack is with physical affliction. 
Another way is not just physical, it's mental affliction. Yeah. Um, King Saul was, a, was it's, you know, specifically it says that he was tormented by an evil spirit. If you remember um, in the gospels, there's a man by the name of Legion who is just filled with demons and um, they just drove him crazy. One of the things that they knew the demons were gone was when the town came, they found Legion in his right mind. Yeah. His thinking was clear. Yeah. If you, if you were, if you want to go back, we did do an episode on um, on Legion as well, talking mm-hmm. in more detail about um, why Jesus was there in that town, how he ended up there, and who who Legion would have would have been um, to the people there, and and how miraculous the situation was. Yeah. But I think the mental um, the mental affliction is such a unique perspective because of how you're right how the people responded. Yeah. They found him in his right mind, which before he was insane, before he was acting outside of what. Um, but again, people will consider sane, that sanity Satan can attack mentally doesn't mean that all mental illness is the result of a demon. Absolutely. And I think that can be the danger in the church is to assume, you know, we don't go to psychiatrists and we don't talk to counselors because all that's, you know. Uh, demon worship. And it's like, yeah. It's, uh, I can tell you straight up that we've done a lot of counseling over the last yeah. uh, year and a half. And it's incredibly helpful to have an independent third party just to uh, work things through. But there can be yeah. some mental affliction that is the result of Satan. Um just the flat out occult um, can be one way that Satan operates. Acts chapter sixteen. Occult? What does that versus, mean? Versus um, the devil, the um, the worship of that which is dark. That's what occult means. Mm-hmm. I think you said occult, and then I read the word. No, it's O C C U L T. Occult. The occult. The that which is of of Satan. Okay. And so it's just a more direct. Uh, Acts sixteen verses sixteen to eighteen. Um, we'll let Selena read this wonderful story from the the life of Paul. Once when we were going to the place of prayer. So the we, she goes, just let me read. Uh, <laughs> the the we is uh, Luke. Luke is writing. And so Luke is with Paul. Aren't you excited? Yeah. Um, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. In that moment, the spirit left her. Isn't that incredible? Um, This girl goes following him all around. It says that the spirit gave her the ability to predict the future. Um, it's not that she that the demon actually knew the future, but it's predict like you'd predict the weather. Yeah, uh, it takes it the yeah, signs around. It's not that they told her the future. Yeah, and then she told people the future. But they were telling predicted. her something. They were watching what was going on, and these demons had figured out that Paul is a messenger for God, and this woman knows this, and she begins proclaiming that to people. Um, but what she's involved in is really demon worship. Um, because she's telling people based on the demonic in, the insights from the from the spirit world she's telling people what their predictions of the future is and it's really just the worship of satan it's occult practices yeah you know and in our world we would say that would be um a soothsayer i think was what we're talking yeah, about yeah soothsayer but it's 
everything from having, you know, just, you know, it's just, we'll consider it games, like just having your palm read or things Crystal like balls, that. Crystal balls, yeah, Ouija really boards. To the- Ouija boards open doors into the occult, into that which is dark uh, that you really shouldn't be involved in. Yeah. And I remember you said this before um, during the Bible study. It's like, it, whether you believe in like Ouija boards and um, tile cards and all these different uh, things that people yeah. put out there as uh, access to the spirit world, whether you believe it or not, like don't mess with it. Yeah. Like why, why even why, mess with the demonic in any, any way? Just pursue Christ. That's right. Like whether you believe it's true or not, whether it is true or not, why open that door? Well, I would say, look, Satan's not in every Ouija board and Satan's not in every tarot card, but if that's a means they use, you don't want to open that door. You never want to give a, you never want to give a demon recognition or access to anything. And so he doesn't always have to be there for you, for him to sometimes use something. Absolutely. Yeah, just don't mess with it. Just pursue Christ. Why has it got to be so hard? Just pursue Christ. Another demonic, Why has it always got to be so hard? <laughs> another demonic tactic that they use is sometimes you'll just find demons will interrupt the worship of God. They hate God and they interrupt worship. Um, one time Jesus came to a synagogue in Capernaum. And this is in Mark chapter 1, verses 23 and 24. Immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Notice (laughs) this unclean spirit. One, isn't it interesting? The unclean spirit goes to church. So this, this guy is in the church, but he just starts interrupting the worship service there that's that's going on that's been an experience even in in church is um we one time we're worship we, we've had times that that church has been interrupted um mm-hmm. and they tell you this this story we we're worshiping god we're singing and this guy went running up on stage and just started yelling at people uh you're not worshiping right and he was very upset with the way they were worshiping that they, they weren't worshiping and um, I was always proud of the fact I, I beat the Marines to the stage. <laughs> um, but I went on stage and I, I, I led him down off of the stage, um, which he willfully came because there was a line of young warriors following me. <laughs> and I took him outside as the church then continued to worship. And what he said was he said, well, I just felt led by the Holy Spirit to, to chastise them. He didn't say chastise, but to tell them they're worshiping wrong. They need to be worshiping this way. And I said, you know, I don't believe that. I said, I don't accept that. I don't believe that. I don't think the Holy Spirit would interrupt himself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in there, there are people worshiping God and seeking God. And I do not think the spirit that you were following was the spirit of the Holy Spirit because to inter, I don't think God- Like what great pride that would take. My way is the right way to worship and you're not worshiping right. I've evaluated your hearts. That's incredible pride. Yeah. And um, I remember you were telling me, and maybe it's the same story, maybe it's a different one. That a guy was was crying crying out, interrupting the service. He was taken outside, and like the deacons literally prayed over him, mm. like all like all through the night, um, prayed with this guy because he just would not stop um, interrupting. And, yeah. yeah, like crying, like crying. I don't, I forget what he was um what he was saying. Mm. That was a was it you that told me that story? Was that was that maybe one of the other? It was deacons? not me who told the story, but I've sure heard stories like that. Yeah, this was but this was at the church. This was um. It happened a bunch of years ago. Maybe it was Ashley that told me, but um, basically he was he interrupted. He was taken out, and the the deacons literally just like prayed with him until he calmed down. We and it was like hours. The interruption of worship 
There have been many times that there has been an interruption of worship that has seemed like it was more than just a person that was disturbed, that there was a demonic element to it. And I was always straightforward in saying, I do not, I do not accept this as the spirit of God. I do not believe that this is, that this is the Lord. I don't think that the Lord interrupts himself. I don't think uh, that he creates disturbances in the congregation of the saints, um, that the spirit always works to edify. He builds up, yeah. uh, he corrects and he rebukes, but he does not destroy his own worship service. Um, this is not the house of Baal. This is the house mm-hmm. of the Lord. Oh. And uh, in fact, Paul said in first Corinthians that God is a God of order and um, Satan brings disorder and tries to stir up strife and contention in the body of Jesus. Uh, you talked about what pride to say that you can judge the, the hearts. Can you imagine somebody jumping up in the congregation of God and saying, you're not all worshiping right. He's just trying to stir pride that we can, yeah. you know, we can outwardly be singing louder and doing these acts of none of which really bring glory to God. These things in that spirit would bring glory to self and to the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, it's a continuous struggle because everyone mm-hmm. has their perspective on how they thinks they think uh, worship should go. They what color should the walls be? Yeah. What it's like? There's it's interesting the hangups that some people have. Where it's like I remember you told me that there was a you all reorganized the lobby and there was a guy who didn't like it to the point where he left the church. Yeah, yeah. and it's like why was that the thing? That was the th- that was his thing. You know, um, there's one more that I really wanted to to mention because I think this is important in our culture. And that is when you talk about examples of satanic activity, certainly he can attack you physically. Certainly there can be mental afflictions. Certainly there's the practices of the occult that we want to avoid and, and things like that. He, Satan will interrupt worship. But one, one example in the Bible of his activity is he causes self-mutilation. And that is, you will see this happen even today of the hatred people have toward their own body, um, the phenomena of people cutting themselves, of bringing harm to their body. God does not lead you to harm your body. Yeah. Um, Satan does that. But what's interesting to me is that's not something new. We saw that happening throughout Scripture. And I wanted to point out I mean, Legion couple. ripped his skin. He did, talk about that. Um, he, he harmed himself. Um, when Jesus came off the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, if you remember... Jesus was on the mountain. He was transfigured. That is his inner glory. It's like God turned Jesus inside out. His inner glory suddenly shined out. And they got a preview of the second coming, what Jesus will look like at the second coming. After that uh, event, they were coming down the mountain. When they got down the, the mountain, the other disciples who hadn't gone with them were trying to drive out a demon. But the demon wouldn't go. And Jesus, it's, it's, it's in a young man. Jesus had a conversation with the young man's father. And I thought it was, it was an important conversation for everybody to hear. So here you have a young man, and here's the way the father described the way the demon treated the young man in Matthew 17, 14 to 16. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. It says that that this man says, have mercy on my son. He has seizures. He's suffering greatly. He falls in fire or into the water that he he's trying to to hurt himself. And this demon wants to bring bring suffering on the young man physically. Again, same thing with Legion. It had said that he would cut himself and bring harm like with the with bones and stuff. Yeah. Too. Can you imagine? Um, again, as we said last week, Satan wants to bring death. He wants to harm people. 
And people will think, wow, this, this physical cutting will bring relief to me. And it's um, instead, really what it's doing is just, it's, it's further destruction. I think that um, just reading through some of these examples here is a, just brings out to me that we should do a series on just like the lesser known miracles. Mm-hmm. That would be, mm-hmm. that would be huge. Cause there's um, like, we focus on like the big five or big 10, like yeah. miracles that Jesus did um, feeding the 5,000, uh, bringing the dead back to life. But there was, um, I don't remember, maybe it was the book of Mark uh, where it ends with saying, and there were many other miracles that were, yeah, the, uh, that the were done, but John, these are included so that you may believe. John chapter 21. John. And John gave seven specific signs. So these signs prove that Jesus is the Christ. But then John says, look, so much happened. I just broke it down to seven. But so that Jesus you may, did so that you many may things. And he says, I suppose if we wrote it all down, there's not enough room in all the world to tell what Jesus did. Wow. Yeah. It's almost beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. I, it's like... There's a gospel waiting in heaven that is that's the full it's record. The complete of what, work. I can't wait to see everything Jesus did down here. There's enough for me to study an entire lifetime, the life of Jesus. But in heaven, I'll have all eternity to study Jesus. Yeah, so awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, what's our next point? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's this. Not only do we want to look at G- at, at demons and what their activity is, but we wanted to look at and just ask this question, are demons active in the world today? Because, you know, is this kind of a time like after Jesus, the demons kind of quieted down, did he defeat all demons at the cross? And now they're not, is this, or in this scientific world of ours, is there still a spiritual element Mm -hmm. or did science overcome demons? And and the, the whole idea of demons, that was outdated, that was the middle ages, that was the Bible era, but we're now so intellectual and so scientific that there's not really a spirit world. Um, That actually is one view that'd be called the naturalistic view. And they only admit to what can be seen and can be touched. Um, And that's can even be in the Christian world. You'll run into people that do not believe that there's a devil. Um, I think a teaching of scripture is that there is a personal devil and that there are real demons. Remember going to school and we encountered, didn't encounter, we were taught by, a man that did not believe that there was actually a real devil. He just believed that the bad things that happened in life, the, the, and this is in your, your, this was university that was teaching that you were getting your degree in theology, right? Yes. And so the, the teacher there that, that they, they didn't tell us, Hey, don't worry about this guy. We're going to fire him. Um, but he started teaching, Hey, there's no devil. And I remember my friend, Sean pounding on the table and he was yelling, and what this teacher was teaching was that your own sins really are just what influence you. It's your own sinful nature, sin in the world. There's no, there's no real devil. We just blame the devil. And my friend Sean was yelling at him, then who tempted Jesus? <laughs> and his point was this, Jesus didn't have a sin nature. And so what was it that was tempting Jesus? For 30 days in the right? wilderness. Yeah, there's 40, Sorry, 40 days, days out 40 there. Days. Uh, who, who was that? If it was like Jesus wasn't tempting himself, this yeah. was a real battle, a real combat. I, I want to throw out there too that unintentionally, I had a very similar view. I was telling you before the podcast mm-hmm. started that for years, I never prayed for myself. Uh for almost everything in my life, I, like the, the temptation I was dealing with, addicted to pornography, mm-hmm. all the things that I was going through, I would always tell myself, I can handle it. Yeah, I can get out of this. Yeah. But anytime but I this, want, I just don't want to right now. Yeah, exactly. So I would never, it was, it was, but it went both ways. I never thought about 
if the devil was influencing me or if there were any demonic forces influencing me or if the devil had any power in my life or anything like that. But I also, so I I didn't pursue it that way, but I also didn't pursue God either. I just, in both directions, I was like, well, I know I have this problem, but it's coming from me. And I also believe that I can solve it. Right. Which is, doesn't make any sense (laughs) when you, when you take a step back and think about it, it's like, why would I have the internal capability to deal with my own? It's like, if I, if I could do that, why would we need a society? Yeah, why would I need, need a God? Why would you, I need a savior? You don't need a savior. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, sorry. Confession well, of the, the day. Bi- the Bible absolutely <laughs> says that, that demons operate in the world right now. In fact, 1 John 5, 19 says, we know that we're of God and the whole world is in the power of the evil one. Um, in the book of Revelation, Satan is called the deceiver of the whole world in Revelation 12, 9. That's what he does. Is he and one of the ways he deceives people is into thinking that he just doesn't exist. I was just the looking at some references to our world. It says in um, John fourteen thirty that Satan's the ruler of this world. That is, they obey him and they don't even know they're obeying Satan. Second mm-hmm. um, Corinthians four four calls him the god of this world. That they don't worship the true God. That they follow themselves. I think that's you know, lowercase g. God. Yeah, the, the God lowercase g of this world, but that's who they worship. Or Ephesians two two says the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. So all all through Scripture we see the description of this world being under the influence of Satan and satanic um, influences, and we see that I think very much today. We're in a world that is filled with pornography, filled with hate, filled with violence, filled with murder. Not even just that; it's celebrated. Yeah, that's it, right. It's not just the um, and that's like celebrating is a worship. Yeah, it's like um, I, I would put it this way: we're, right now we're in a point where we're in like the celebration of self. Yes, I am able to handle things myself. I am able to identify right and wrong myself. I am able to create an ideology myself. I am able whatever I feel is right is right because I feel it is right. Whatever I believe is true is true because I believe it's true. And it's like, hold on a second. You're not God. Like none of us are God. What, what makes that, how does that make any sense? How do you even integrate into a society with that logic? It doesn't make any sense. It's so well said. Um, The ancients would worship gods. They would worship Baal. They would say, well, what's America's God? We don't formally worship Baal. I would say it's a mirror. Um, right. <laughs> America's God is, is itself. It's all about you. Just do it. Do what pleases you. You're, you're, you're the better you. And it sinks into Christianity like too. You're worth, you're worth more than the, per- than the person you're with. Yeah. You're, oh, you make more money than your man? Get rid of him. Oh, you, um, you've got this thing in the way of you uh, advancing? Well, crush that person no matter what it takes get to the top, chase it, chase that money, chase that bag. It's my like, body, my choice, whoa. Um, my, it's all about me, my rights, my, my feelings, my emotions. I am what's celebrated. And in fact, um, commercials utilize that. Oh, you yeah. deserve it mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. because you're this, you are this important oh my gosh. God. L'Oreal, because you're worth it. <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> uh, Makeup. But, but really, I think a lot of that is Satan deceiving us to worship ourselves instead of humble ourselves and worship the true yeah. God. That none of that self self worship, sorry, self worship um, is anything that Jesus talks about at no. all. He literally says, "Deny yourself, oh, yeah. pick up That's your right. cross, and follow me." So die, die to yourself, follow me, let me live through you, and that's what the people of of the cross are supposed to be. 
Don't you think it's even a danger in Christianity that the church starts to become about making you a better you? Well, it's supposed oh to be Lord. about making you for Christ. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that there, there, there are certainly some degrees of satanic attack. What, you know, what are the degree? There's degrees of satanic attack. I think even a Christian, well, I don't think a Christian can be possessed um, where Satan takes great control of the person. I think a Christian can come under intense attack. Um, so the term, we talk a lot about being demon possessed. The Bible doesn't say much about possession. Uh, so I think that's a little bit misleading when we're, we're, certainly when we're referring to Christians. I just prefer to avoid that term altogether of possession because I think it's better to just recognize there's varying degrees of attack. And so by saying, you know, a Christian can't be possessed because we're filled with the spirit, which is true, uh, there, there can still be attacks that come on the Christian and it comes in varying degrees. And so just to mention some of them, one, um, a degree of satanic attack can be physical pain. Second Corinthians 12, seven. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Paul says, one of the things that tormented me was this messenger of Satan. It was physical pain. Uh, also, And he just always had it? Um, not, it seems that after he had had a revelation of heaven, one way to keep him humble was he had this struggle with the enemy, and it involved physical pain, physical suffering. And it's just, oh, wow. Just a, wow. Like chronic pain. Man, people drug the A lot of drug chronic pain now. Yeah. My yeah. Lord. Another, another um, degree of de- demonic attack may not be physical pain, but it's just flat out opposition. Notice um, Ephesians 6.12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The, the Apostle Paul says, look, you can expect to be opposed. And so don't think that the demons are not going to attack you. In fact, he says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We, we think the opposing political party is our problem. You think Absolutely. that other people are the problem. And then suddenly the Bible says, your problem is not with other people. Really? Because I thought I was against them. Mm. And the Bible yeah. says, no, actually, your battle is against, he says, rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world. Those would be levels of demons. Um, that there are demonic forces out there that are opposed to us. I want to, I want to put something out there too. Um, This is a Disney reference for those that are uninitiated, but Disney a long time ago made a movie called the Prince of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it was their last religious movie that that, they made. That was DreamWorks though. Oh, it was DreamWorks. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I I can't believe I gave Disney. (laughs) That's fine. DreamWorks. One of my favorite movies from my childhood and I still listen to the music from it all the time. One of the songs in there is called Look Through Heaven's Eyes. Mm-hmm. And the whole, if you go through all the verses of that, not verses, verses, yeah, verses of that song, and you listen to it, it's pointing back to look at your life through heaven's eyes. That's right. Um, don't what does get, God see? Yeah, look, yeah, try and see, it calls, talks about seeing yourself not just as a thread, but as the entire tapestry mm-hmm. and how you fit into the overall work. And like, okay, something may suck right now in this moment, or maybe hard right now in this moment, but if you take a step back and look at the overall perspective, where you've come, where you're going, yeah. like try and see the heavenly perspective because that can can bring some humility and some hubris. That That's right. Will be healthy. 
if you can just see through God's eyes what what God is at work doing, it's totally different than just the, the way we see things down here. Yeah. But down here we're being opposed. <laughs> um, but not only that, a, a third degree of, of demonic attack, there can be physical pain, there can be opposition. One of the things Satan wants to do is just get a foothold in your life. And this is a place where uh, Satan builds a strong point. He tempts you in an area and you get led astray. And after a while, that sin becomes a habit. And that habit becomes a foothold where Satan easily comes and he, it can be gossip, it could be drinking, it could be pornography, it could be adultery, it could be sex, it could be an, any area of your life that is a sin that becomes a perpetual sin that you feel like I have to actually do this and you become stuck in it. That becomes a foothold. I wanted to bring up something that you've talked about in your sermons. I don't know if it was you and Ryan or probably you and Ryan over the last year and a half that I've been with you all. But um, you talk about um, people will typically try to fight temptation and run from um, challenges to their faith. Yeah. Right. When it should be the reverse. If someone's speaking out against the faith and you have knowledge in the faith, you should be fighting, uh, fight for the kingdom. Have have courage. Yeah. Right. But temptation is totally different. Totally different. Yeah. If you feel tempted, people tend to like, oh, I can handle it. I can fight. I can fight and then you lose and you lose again and it beats you up and it hurts you and then it hurts your witness and all this stuff. You're supposed to run from temptation and fight for the kingdom. Our example should be Joseph in the Old Testament who was tempted by Potiphar's wife. He was 17 years old and she offered him sex. And it says that he avoided her. He told her no. And finally, when they were alone in the house and she was trying to tempt him to have sex with her, he turned around and he, she grabbed his coat the same moment he went to run. And it says he ran right out of his coat. He ran for his life. Uh, yeah. And how many 17-year-olds in that situation offered the boss's wife would run? But that should be, the Bible says, flee sexual immorality. And that should be our response also is that we should run from it. Yeah. So that's, that's well said. I, I'm just quoting what you said. But, but it was brilliant. It sounded good coming from you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's a couple yeah, this, verses the there, has Selena. Become... I would just love it. Maybe you want to read those about not giving Satan that that foothold. Yeah, this is from Ephesians 4, chapter 26, 27. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. So the specific sin there mentioned is a foothold in anger, mm. that there can become somebody that in a situation just gets angry and they become unforgiving, or some people in their personality begin to let anger take hold. Is that when like you become bitter? Yeah. Like, when you don't have resolved anger? Yeah, it can become it can lead to to the deeper issues of anger and you'll meet people who go, Oh, he's just an angry person. She's just an angry you know, my mom, she's just a very angry person. Well, Satan has gotten a foothold in there where her only response or her go to response is anger instead of love. It's it's um the opposite of the fruit of the spirit. And that's that's so painful too, because yeah. that anger does it makes it so that people don't want to be around you, which causes isolation, which um, which means now you're just isolated and thinking about the thing that's probably making you anger, angry, making, um, and then you just keep thinking about it and ruminating on it. And then when someone comes to you, you lash out to them in that's anger, right. and that's then they right. isolate you again. And now you're just ruminating. It's a, and it becomes that that you have to Broken break cycle. that cycle. That's you have right. to break that cycle of that's anger because right. you don't want to be around. You don't want to be around bitter people. No one wants to be around someone who's bitter. But when Satan gets a stronghold in someone's life, that's some, that becomes their go-to. And yeah. so 
um, you know, a person that's addicted to alcohol starts to feel like I can't function without the alcohol. Someone who's addicted to pornography feels like I can't get through the day without looking at pornography. Somebody who's um, got a stronghold of anger in their lives, Satan's built that stronghold, that becomes their go-to response, and they just are always angry. They're finding comfort in things that can never truly bring yeah. comfort or satisfaction. Absolutely. Uh, and I, that's me speaking from experience, trying to find comfort in things that that didn't bring satisfaction. The end result is Satan's looking to destroy destroy us. First um, Peter five. Yeah, this is First Peter five. Chap, I mean, chapter five, verses eight through nine. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firth, firm in the faith. Amen. Amen. Well, not only did I want to look at these um, footholds and degrees of satanic attack, I, I really just wanted, if we've been talking about demons, I wanted to give some pastoral counsel. Um, what is it that we do? Where, what, what should our response be? So you hear, wow, there's demons out there and we shouldn't allow them to have strongholds. Well, what is some counsel a pastor might have when talking about demons. And I just really, I, I just would call these some spiritual realities. So seven, seven points of, of help from a pastor. Okay. Let's go through it. All right. I would say, number one, if you're going to take your stand against the enemy, I would just counsel you this way that you need to be spiritual about, you need to be serious about spiritual habits. Um, things like prayer, fasting, reading your Bible, um, you need to have that courage to be reading and, and in the word. And that closes the door to Satan. Um, when you're armed up, imagine the Bible as your sword, you are armed up when you're praying, you are armed up. In fact, last week we talked a lot about the importance of prayer. Um, it is so important that we practice those spiritual habits. I want to throw something out there too, because someone might be thinking, it's like, what's the, so what, mm-hmm. why do I have to form these habits? And it's like, I'd like you to look at yourself and really think about how often you're being influenced by yeah. not not God and not the Spirit. Like, just by going through life, whether that be your coworkers, whether that be the news, whether that be YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever your fancy, tickle your fancy of whatever is consuming the hours of your day when you're just mindlessly scrolling. Yeah. Um, okay, did you even take a few minutes to focus on God and allow that to influence you? There needs you know, to be, it's like, that's why you build those habits, because you already have those habits that these companies have kind of forced on you through all your these daily algorithms. walks. There has to be the habit of the word, and there has to be the habit of prayer. And those those will conflict with the um, the media that you're taking in. Your media needs to become God's word. And so you f- need to find formats that you find it easy to take in the word. And so you read it, but also, you know, for me, the easiest way for me to get large portions of scripture read is I listen to it. And so mm-hmm. I got an app called Dwell on my phone. And oh, I just, listen. you know, before that we had to have boxes of tapes to listen to the Bible or, bo- you mm-hmm. know, a box of CDs. <laughs> now it's so easy, you my guys. My dad had, um, uh, oh man, late, late pastor, huge televangelist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name? You know, pastor, he's, he's, um, is it Billy Graham? Yeah, Billy Graham. Thank you. He had like 60 VHS I should have known. Tape. As soon as you say big pastor, big like I, I'm just going to start shouting out pastor. randomly. Yeah, Billy he Graham away. Yeah. He um 
my dad had like 60 VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Like we had a VHS rack and he had like all these sermons. And yeah. Like, I was like, I never, as a kid, never watched any of them. Didn't make any sense to me at all. But I just remember, I remember that like stacks find media where you can take in God's word. So get the dwell app, get, um, get, go to Bible hub, go to there, but there are places where you can find to take in scripture and you need that day. So that's number one, just under pastoral counsel is you need to be serious about spiritual habits. And when I say a habit, it is a daily habit. If you're going to fight it, fight a foothold of the devil, the devil wants a foothold every day. You need to give God that open door. Um, Selena listens to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Yeah. Right. Um, and what's the church he's a pastor of? Saddleback. Saddleback Church in like North Cal, right? No, he's over in Lake Forest. Oh, Lake Forest. Okay. Out here, just a couple, couple hours away. A couple hours away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Selena's been listening to him for years, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, you introduced me to him. Another point of pastoral counsel that I would give you is not just do you need to be serious about the spiritual habits, prayer, reading the Bible, fasting. You also need to be aware of the evil that's around you, that you identify when something is wrong. And we're not always good at that. Um, We can stand in the background like, well, I don't know. But really, (laughs) we need to to have the courage to say to ourselves, look, I'm not going to participate in that. That's wrong. And to get away from it. Um, if, If I give a third one. Run. Right, run. to run, like yeah. Joseph, to run. A third one is this, um, don't engage in anything that calls on a spirit. And I think we've said a lot about that, but I can't emphasize it enough that you don't engage as followers of Jesus in the occult, in darkness. Um, in San Jose, I, I lived in San Jose for a little while. In San Jose, there was a lady by the name of Sarah Winchester. Have you ever heard of the Winchester House? I have not. It's have called you? the Winchester Mystery House. It's famous. In fact, they made a movie a, a couple of years ago called Winchester. Oh, okay. Uh, Sarah Winchester was the heiress to the man who invented the Winchester rifle. And oh. when he died, um, she became convinced that the ghost of all the people who were shot by a Winchester had started haunting Oof. her house. That sucks. And oh they created that they, she believed that they were giving her the message that she had to keep building or they would kill her. And so she began building this mystery house, and it was all devoted to the occult. There were seance rooms where she would go and talk to the, the ghost. But really, um, and they built mazes that went nowhere. There were doors. There were staircases that went up to doors, and when you would open the door, they just opened up in midair. Mm. Uh, and they were all, it was this entire house built to try to trick the demons, but also call on them and to calm the ghost. Uh, wow, that's th- terrifying. I did not know that existed. There's an entire house devoted to just the occult and calling on the occult. And here's here's the tragedy. Go, well, one, it's weird. and But this is a woman who wasted her life being afraid of and chasing that which was demonic. Yeah. And the result was she led many people astray, but also in her own life, she lost everything of purpose and value for chasing and being afraid of that, which is the, of the occult. Which is, which is truly terrifying to be going through that though. Imagine if she had spent that much energy following the Lord. Imagine if she had spent that much money giving to the cause of Christ and to missions, Uh, then she could have taken a real stand against the demonic, but instead she had, she embraced it and chased it. And the result was a life building a house that literally went nowhere. Literally. Literally. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. Number five, so, you know, be serious about spiritual habits, be aware of the evil around you, 
don't engage in anything that calls on a spirit. But also, I think it's important that you remove anything that makes that the Holy Spirit makes you uncomfortable with. Uh, if there's something in your life and the Spirit's making you uncomfortable with it, say, hey, I just don't want to participate in that. Uh, the, and the Holy Spirit will lead you in that. You, everybody wants a direct list. Don't, don't, there's just going to be things that you will sense the Holy Spirit say, and this is your walk with the Lord, your walk with the Holy Spirit, that you say, I'm not comfortable partaking in that. Mm-hmm. So. And the, the, the fifth one is to look for the satan, those spots that Satan takes a stronghold. Look out for satanic strongholds. That's perpetual sin in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5 talk about those strongholds. We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension pretension that sets itself up against knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I think that strongholds can become even patterns of thinking that we're trapped in and Satan mm-hmm. will build a fort there. Um, it can be, you notice he says, we demolish strongholds. Um, it can be lust. It can be irrational fear, negative thinking, anger. Um, some people have a judgmental attitude that becomes a stronghold for them. Rage, anger, depression, all of these are really in opposition to the fruit of the Spirit. Paul said two things that stood out to me. He said, we demolish strongholds. And then the other words that he said that were so important is at the end of that, he said, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And a stronghold can be a place in your life where it's just thinking that you become trapped in that thinking and it's not godly. Mm-hmm. I want to I throw out there that um, people think that they can't control their thoughts. Yeah. Um, I also thought I couldn't control my thoughts. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll argue that you probably can't on your own control your thoughts. What I've noticed over the last year is um, memories, thinking that I would like lean on for comfort or passion or um, whatever. It was just steeped in sin. Mm-hmm that over time it just stopped satisfying me. Yeah. It literally just stopped feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I just would think about it less often. It would and when it would come to me, I would feel uncomfortable with my own thoughts. And I would be frustrated by my own thoughts and discuss my own thoughts and so I would think about it less often, but it I really didn't feel like I was the one um changing my thinking. It was like through study through prayer, through counseling, through all these things that Selena and I were working on. Um, I think back to myself five years ago and to who I am now and not perfect, perfect by any means. Um, in a lot of ways, still tempted by the same exact thing, but what I would rely on memories, I would focus on mm-hmm. things I would really lean, lean on for comfort. Just, uh, aren't comfortable at all anymore. Actually, extraordinarily uncomfortable and they're kind of disgusting to think about. You're right. The the things that we think I have no control over that, in the flesh you do have no control. And so you're captive to those thoughts. But now Paul says, you have the ability, in fact, it says, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And you're a United States Marine. Yeah. Um, you train for combat and you know how to take something captive. 
We, we are supposed to be that militant as believers with our thought life. Like, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to get in a cycle of thinking, a cycle of, and you have to identify this is not of God. That That's what I meant when you remove anything that the Holy Spirit makes you uncomfortable with. That could be your own thoughts, that um, my thoughts are decaying. They're not. This is not godly, and I don't want to dwell here anymore. And this is not the only path out of depression, but if you suffer with depression, there has to be a decision inside of yourself that I'm not going to live in this cycle. I'm not going to live in these sinking thoughts. I'm going to dwell now on the word of God. Uh, God said to, to Joshua, you meditate day and night on the word of God. That's what's going to make you a warrior. I want to, I want to throw out there too. I don't know if you're going to say something, Selena. I'm no. sorry. Um, that if you, it's like Pastor went through a list here, lust, irrational fear, negative thinking, judgmental attitude, rage, anger, depression. Those are just some of the things that he's brought up. But um, the scripture uh, says nothing new under the sun. That's like my that's favorite right. like phrase that's, that's in the right. Bible. Um, if if you're receiving teaching, mentorship, guidance from from the word and you're doing your studies and you read something and it makes you uncomfortable or you don't agree with it or you, you're like, oh, well, that can't be true. It's probably because it's something that you are doing that you shouldn't be and you need to do some work on and that you're struggling yeah. with. Yeah. Um, if you're making excuses for your actions uh, instead of actually listening to what the word says, that's probably exactly, I know the list is not exhaustive, but no, the word is exhaustive and, right. and gives you a lot more clarity as you do your study. And that may be a stronghold in your life that you need to break down. As you walk with the Lord, you do you start a daily quiet time, he'll start revealing to you where strongholds are and you weren't even aware of them because you oh, weren't yeah. aware that there was hate in your heart until God starts showing you, why is it you hate that guy so bad at work? You're like, well, I don't hate him. It's just that he's stupid. Mm. Uh, you yeah. know. Um, then you think about it some more and you meditate some more and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, wait, I'm treating this guy terrible. I'm making his day terrible. And me making his day terrible is making his kids' days terrible. And yeah. you you don't even see the patterns that build up in our lives until the Holy Spirit reveals it to you in a daily walk with Him. Absolutely, um, you don't even know the things that maybe hurt in your witness. Yeah, and there you may have others, and like God bless you if you have like trusted partners that can bring up to you, hey, you shouldn't. I remember you came up to me in church one time and said somebody said you cussed. <laughs> uh, this is like eight months ago, and I was like, I cussed, and then I thought about it, and it's like. I cuss a lot of times without mm, thinking mm. and it's like, it's something I'm still fighting with yeah. and struggling with. Um, but it, it, it really bothered me that not only had I cussed in, in church that it had bothered someone else to the point where they brought it to whoever. And then eventually got to you as the pastor. And then you brought it back to me. And I'm one, thank you for being the trusted party and bringing it back to me. But at the same time, it's like that, that that's a damage to my, to my witness. That's a damage to, but it's um, worth, to it's worth, all of you out there thinking also, do I have friends who love me enough to tell me, to, to ask me? Yeah. Because um, some people would value more your opinion of, of me that well, I would never ask, ask him that instead of saying, hey, did this happen? And it allowed God to, uh, even if it hadn't, it would allow you to say, no, that didn't happen. But it caused you to evaluate, you know, well, wait, what did happen? Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. So I just wanted to highlight that here, that this list isn't exhaustive. These aren't the seven sins all. and that's it. Not at um, but, but, but going to the list, yeah, yeah, number yeah. six is this, that I just wanted to emphasize under pastoral counsel that believers have authority over the demonic. Um, when Jesus sent out the 12, it says that he gave them power and authority over demons. And uh, in Luke 10, 17, Jesus said, I've given you authority over the enemy. Uh, Paul commanded demons to leave. And the reason this is important is sometimes believers act like, you know, 
there's the demonic world out there and we just don't have any power. And this really goes into our own sinful nature. We say, well, I don't have any power over this sin. I'm just held captive to the devil. You're not held captive to the devil. It's not only God that's stronger than the enemy. God in you is stronger than the enemy. Absolutely. And you in no way have to submit to Satan. Uh, if something is wrong, it is our job to stand up and fight against it. Um, and that's in our world. That's in ourselves. Um in the things that we engage in. So the Bible says in Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan. And it gets very personal. This is a personal victory underneath your feet. Mm. Um, I think it's cool. Paul in Romans is describing problems they have in Rome and, and things that might make them discouraged. And then suddenly Paul says, but you know, don't you, even though we've got all these problems, God is about to crush Satan. You're about to get the breakthrough that you're waiting for but you have to keep fighting. Do not give in to the satanic attack. So, a last yeah. one is this, um, number seven, the last one on this list. I, mm-hmm. And we would say this is not exhaustive. Oh, no, I was saying the list of sins was not exhaustive right? or, or struggles are not exhaustive. Um, <laughs> it's this, I, I would just encourage people to live with confidence. I want you to know this. It, just as a pastor speaking to you, I want you to have confidence that Jesus has already defeated Satan. Mm. So when we say you've got the power to defeat Satan, Satan is already defeated. Um, in fact, he disarmed Satan. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 says that through death, Jesus rendered powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. You get that? It says that he rendered him power, that Satan really, his only power is to try to convince you to take up arms against God. And in fact, at the cross, there's a past victory that we can live in. At the cross, uh, Colossians 2.15 gives a description of Satan being destroyed even at the cross. It says, disarm the principalities and powers and made a public example of them, triumphing over them and him. That's really a spiritual picture of the cross that God disarmed. It says the principalities and the powers... And um, he disarmed them. Satan came and he thought he was going to destroy Jesus. And on the cross, Jesus destroyed Satan. And I liked the line that said, he made a public spectacle of them. That is the entire angelic realm saw what was happening at the cross. It's like all the demons of the world gathered at the cross and all the angels of the world gathered at the cross and they're watching and they're thinking that Christ is going to be humiliated. And instead, as sins are poured out on Jesus, he conquers them and in, in delivering us from sin by dying for our sins. He humiliates Satan who thought he would destroy Jesus. And instead it's Satan who was completely disarmed by the cross. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, uh, almost to carry this, and this is my opinion, take it or leave it, throw it <laughs> in the trash. But you opened up the Bible study two weeks ago by talking about, um, the message of Jesus's birth and ultimately crushed by Satan. When, when God says, when God curses the serpent, mm-hmm. And then we see here um, when Jesus and the the serpent's trying to um, the serpent's trying to uh, tempt man, tempts tempts Jesus, still trying to win this war. He initiates this war over here, mm-hmm. trying to take power from God. Thinks he's about to win the war over here when he's Just about to kill it. Jesus, and then boom, Jesus Jesus humiliates him. I think the same and is- crushes him. And so spiritually, Satan has been crushed. The death sentence has gone out. Get this. The same thing is going to happen with the church. The very moment that they go, man, the church, they're, they're just getting crushed. God is going to step in, and he's going to throw Satan into a pit. Um, yeah. 
and he humiliates him over and over and over. Um, I would say to everybody out there, stop giving Satan the victories. Don't give him a win. Don't give him a touchdown in your life. He's already defeated. Live in the victory that's already been won for you. Absolutely. I want to give you this great encouragement because it's come up several times. It is so important for you to have a daily walk with the Lord. You need the word of God in your life every single day. It's going to give you discernment as to what's of God and what's not of God. You need to be reading the Bible. And then it's not just that you need a prayer time. You need prayer partners. You need you need a specific um, place where you pray, but you also need to throughout the day carry prayer with you. Um, in my head, I try Absolutely. to have a running conversation with the Lord. I'm just talking to the Lord. And what I'm asking the Lord is show me what you're doing. Show me where you're at work. Show me, mm-hmm. show me what Satan's doing. Just show, because there's a spiritual element going on. And every person I'm talking to, God has an agenda with that person. He's working something. And I can mess it up. Um, and I don't want to do that. That's so interesting because it's not just about God in your life. It's God in the lives of everyone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so as he has an influence in your life and he is guiding and um, the Holy Spirit is pointing you mm-hmm. in, in the right direction or at least tr- communicating to you what the right direction is. He's also doing that in other Christ followers right. as well. And so what an interesting interaction for two Christ followers to meet that are both being guided by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 This is something interesting to think about. It's it almost is. like a, that's an interesting meeting place. But, um, Thank you so much, Pastor. This is I, I have so enjoyed. I know I know Ryan is ready to take his podcast back, but probably <laughs> he's probably just sitting Thank nervously. You so much. I just love the time of getting to talk to you too, and um, allowing everybody else to get to listen in. But really, I just love you guys so much. I love your story, and I want to tell you this: I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you and the walk that you have in the Lord, and the way that the Holy Spirit has strengthened your spiritual legs to walk for Him. It's, we love you too, Pastor. Yeah, I love you too, Pastor. Definitely. I, I will say that um, hindsight is, we, we talk about hindsight all the time, but it's, um, I didn't know how weak I was because I thought I was so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how incapable I was um, until almost everything was taken away from me. And and it's like at that point you got to make a decision. It's like you're going to change or you're going to stay the same. You know, God brought you to this desert for those purposes. Um, that you've got a military reason you're here. The reason for the United States government that you're here, and those are those are okay. But the big purpose God has is the growth of your faith, and um, that's what God's doing. It's what He's doing in this church. It's what He's doing in your life. Yeah, I truly appreciate these talks. Me too. All right. Thank you so much. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode of Real Bible Stories um, or, you know, real marriage counseling, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, but we hope you tune in next week and we hope to see you. If you're in the Twenty Five Palms area, come hang out with us at the church. Uh, oh, I guess I was going to say it's almost Christmas time, but it's not. By the time this comes out, it's not almost it's Christmas time at all. It's 2023 uh, now. Happy New Year. It's almost Easter. I don't know. <laughs> happy New Year, Selena. But, um, happy exactly. New we love uh, We love all of you all. And, um, We look forward to seeing you all uh, next week. Thank you for tuning in to Real Bible Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to leave a review, share, and subscribe to be notified each week when we upload new episodes. Real Bible Stories is produced in partnership with Palm Church in 29 Palms, California. If you would like more information or want to check out archived sermons and Bible studies, please check out the church website at palmsbaptistchurch.com 
or check them out on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Real Bible Stories can be found wherever podcasts are found. Thank you again, and we will